morning, good afternoon, and good evening to all of you. I am Lilac Boots, and this is The Scroll. So this week, I have two guest co-hosts, um, one you may be familiar with already. Frank, if you want to introduce yourself. Hello, uh, I'm Frank Grouch, friend of The Scroll, avid gamer, and John of all trades. Awesome. Um, I'm mad you said John just now. <laughs> um... <laughs> Also, I have another uh, new guest co-host, Brad, if you want to introduce yourself. Hello, people. I'm Brad. Just like Frank, I'm an avid gamer, not a John from the South, <laughs> and I blow shit up. Okay. All right. Um, so I just also wanted to say I want to thank everyone for listening. Um, I recently just hit um, 100 plays, so that's really cool. Um, I'd like to thank everybody here in this country and also in every other country where people are listening. I really appreciate it. So first, uh, let's just start off with the general news. Um, There is a new um, software called PowerNap um, for all you PC gamers out there. Uh, PowerNap is a new utility that aims to reduce that hassle by greatly simplifying the process of ensuring that all your updates across all your launchers are taken care of simultaneously. It works by starting all the launchers that you have installed, enabling them to begin their update processes, and then keeping your PC from going to sleep until they're all finished. Once everything is done, it will either shut down your PC or put it to sleep based on your selection. PowerNap is designed to launch all of your libraries before bed so that one launcher that you haven't used in two weeks still gets updated. Lead designer Nate uh, Danziger stated. It also gives you the option to sleep your displays during a power nap for maximum power efficiency. This is a lot closer to how consoles and phones update their apps at night. Um, the first time you run power nap, you'll need to browse to the executable of each launcher you have installed on your PC. It's not complicated as long as you have at least a basic famili- familiarity with Windows Explorer and where your programs are installed, but it's definitely not the most elegant UI I've ever encountered. You'll also need to set all your other launchers to enable automatic game updates when they start. So. It sounds like, it sounds like a neat, uh, a neat thing if you don't keep your computer up to date, but I feel like if you just keep your computer up to date, it's kind of useless. Yeah. But also, you know, I think it depends on your gaming habits, too, because you're not going to play every single thing all at once every day. Right. So it's like, it is convenient. Um, so, for example, if you are if you happen to be into uh, Dragon Age Inquisition this these two weeks, and you need Origin Update, and then, like, maybe the next two weeks, you end up interested in, like, Call of Duty, and you need to get that launcher up to date, it's just, it keeps everything up to date, so you can just hop back into whatever you're interested in playing, um... You know, the next few days or weeks, rather. Oh, I might have to get that. I just got a PC. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah um, been about three weeks since I had this Brad PC. Just, just joined the Master Race. Oh, yeah. awesome. Awesome. I currently have a gaming laptop that needs to be. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it can use a little bit of an update, not a. It, you know, not a huge update, but I could use some better uh, processing power. <laughs> okay, I still, I'm uh, still gaming on a console, man. I'm old school. I can't do it. <laughs> it's okay. Um, next, um, there is a free indie game 
called Halcyon 6, which is free in the Epic Game Store until February 18th. Um, it is a tactical RPG space sim, and um, it looks really cool from what I've seen. Um, it's like, it's what makes the game so great um, is basically balanced. There's just enough of everything without there being too much of anything. Um, the gameplay itself is essentially split into three components. You have a resource gathering slash base management aspect, along with turn-based combat in both spaceships and as landing parties, and finally managing your base and crew of captains. Okay. Um, the premise of the game revolves around you as leader of the sole surviving human community, think Balasar Galactica, aboard Halcyon 6, an ancient space station capable of manufacturing powerful spaceships. In order to build ships, you need resources, so you send little shuttles to various planetoids and cosmic flotsam in your galaxy to harvest materials and deliver them to Halcyon for processing. Uh, you need captains for the ships, so you train them at your base, and also earn valuable XP in battle. This is a life a little cycle of needing resources, building ships, training captains, and then needing more resources for better ships and stronger captains, and so on. Yeah. So it's like a combination of... um of uh, XCOM and like RPG stuff where it's not like a strategy strategy, but you still have to go farm for things. Right. Um, also it's, um, it looks like it's an eight bit or 16 bit from like the pictures that I'm looking at. Yeah. It's a throwback bit. Uh, yeah. So yeah, um, it looks really cool. I think everybody should give it a shot. Or this might be 30. Yeah, I'm sorry. What did you say? I said, I'm downloading that now. <laughs> it looks okay. fun. It's just, you know, it's, not, yeah. it's not, my, not my speed of a game. I need a little bit more to do. Yeah, I'm actually, um, if I haven't downloaded that already, I'm actually going to do that after we finish recording this. <laughs> um, so next, um, alongside the release of Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury for the Nintendo Switch, Several retailers have a Mario Red and Blue Edition Switch game console available for purchase. You can buy one right now at Amazon, Best Buy, GameStop, and Target while supplies last. Similar to the Animal Crossing New Horizons-themed Switch released last year, this limited edition console stands out from other models. With the entire Switch and its accompanying accessories based on the outfit typically worn by the mustached plumber. Retailing for $300, the limited edition Switch features an all-red console, a red dock stand, a pair of red Joy-Cons, a red casing around the screen, and a blue Joy-Con grip. Hmm. I wish I'd known before I bought my original Switch, the all-black joint, I'd have got this one. <laughs> it's brand new. When did you buy your Switch? Uh, December. Okay, well, yeah, this is brand new. So. Also, they should do a Luigi edition and give us the green that we all want. Like, don't nobody care about Mario. Give us Luigi. <laughs> yeah, we're about us player two people. Right, give us green and white, bro. We don't care about Mario. <laughs> all right, so now we're entering... Uh, well, let's just, let's just call this the tea of the week. Because this news article made me want to record... Um, this week, I actually wasn't, I was going to skip another week, but I had to get this out because this is just, <laughs> this is just crazy. Um, so I don't know if you guys heard of, um, there is a developer from, um, I believe the company is Moon Studios. Mm-hmm. Hang on. Um, they're the ones who made, um, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. 
if you're familiar with that game. So the um hang on, I want to get to it right now. Okay. Yeah, he's the game director at Moon Studios. His name is Thomas Mahler. So apparently last week he went on this huge rant about <laughs> how video games are made. And let's just, well, I'll just read it because you'll get a better idea why I find it so amusing. All right. He says, <clears throat> this is something that's been bothering me for a while. And I get kind of riled up about it every time I see it unfold. And every time it keeps happening, people keep falling for it. It all started with Molly No. He was the master of, instead of telling you what my product is, let me just go wild with what I think it could be and get you all excited. And that was fine, until you actually put your money down and then the game was nothing like what Peter was hyping it up to be. He pulled this shit for a good decade or more of journalists and gamers loving listening to Uncle Peter (laughs) and the amazing things he's doing for the industry. It took him to release some pretty damn shoddy games for pressing games to finally not listen to the lies anymore. Then came Sean Murray who apparently had learned straight from the Peter Molino handbook. This guy apparently just loved the spotlight. Even days before No Man's Sky released, he hyped up the multiplayer that didn't even exist and was all too happy to let people think that No Man's Sky was Minecraft in space, where you could literally do everything. You being able to do everything is generally a common theme behind the gaming snake oil salesman, because, hey, that sort of attracts everybody. Obviously, there was massive backlash when No Man's Sky finally released, and the product being nothing like what Murray hyped it up to be. But what happened then? They released a bunch of updates, so let's forget about the initial lies and deception, and hey, let's actually shower him with awards again, because he finally kind of sort of delivered on what he said the game would be years earlier. Thanks, Jeff Keighley. Rewarding that kind of behavior will surely help the industry grow stronger. And then came Cyberpunk, made by the guys that made Witcher 3, so this shit had to be good. Here's our cyberpunk universe, and trust us, you can do fucking everything. Here, the entire CDPR PR department took all the cues from what worked for Molly, Noah, and Murray and just went completely apeshit with it. Gamers were to believe that this is sci-fi GTA in first person. What's not to love? Every video released by CDPR was carefully crafted to create a picture in players' minds that was just insanely compelling. They stopped just short of outright saying that this thing would cure cancer. This strategy resulted in a sensational 8 million pre-orders. What happened then was this. The product was a fraction of what the developer hyped it up to be, and on top of that, it barely even ran on consoles that it was supposed to run surprisingly well on. I'd argue that all three of those are clear examples of you folks all being made fools of. And even the journalists in this industry happily played along each and every single time. And let me also say... From the perspective of a developer, all of this just sucks. Back in 2014, I remember some journalists from some big publication telling us that Ori almost got the cover article of some magazine I read frequently, but ultimately, excuse me, ultimately they had to pick No Man's Sky because it was the bigger game. I kind of agreed back then, thinking to myself, okay, I get it. They have to promote the bigger game. They obviously have to go for the clicks. Sucks, but that's how the game is played. But then I really felt bamboozled once No Man's Sky came out and it became clear that all this hype was really just built on lies and the honest guy who just showed his actual product really got kicked in the balls because the lying guy was able to make up some tall tales that held absolutely no substance. I know this whole thread might come off as me sounding bitter and I'm sure there will be some people that see this as me shitting on other devs. No, I'm not. I'm shitting on liars and people that are okay with openly deceiving others. I'd argue that we should all agree that this shit is not okay. If I go and buy a car and the car salesman sells me a car that supposedly has 300 horsepower, but on the drive home after the purchase, I noticed that he switched out the motor when I wasn't looking, I'd be rightfully pissed off because I was deceived. 
and yet gamers and journalists don't really seem to mind all that much. Yeah, the backlash is coming, but usually you see a ton of people then arguing that they like the game that came out of it anyway. That is so not the point. It doesn't matter if the snake oil actually tastes fine. Don't sell me on features that don't exist. Don't paint a picture that you'll not be able to deliver. Just don't fucking lie to me. You're fucking over gamers. You're fucking over journalists that should know better, so shame on you. And you're fucking over other developers. There, I said my piece. Felt like a chip I needed to get off my shoulder, and I think this is a wrong that we should set right so that this won't happen anymore. I like him. Where's he at? Can I shake his hand? I like this guy. What game does he make? I'm going to go buy his shit. He sounds like somebody I want to have a beer with. I like him. His name is Thomas Mahler, and he's the game director at Moon Studios. That company is who made um, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. And the... I think that was the sequel or the prequel. Whatever. They made two of them. So I'm going to go follow him on Twitter right now. Okay. So that's how he felt, and... Um, I will say the next thing I'm going to report um, kind of pissed me off a little bit because I'm 100% behind what um, Thomas said. Um, because as someone who is a, a big fan of Fable, I, I totally get what he meant about Peter Molino. I'm, I've watched his videos. I've listened to him talk. If you listen to him talk, it's like it's, <laughs> it really is like listening to a snake oil salesman because half the things he said is just were never in the Fable games. I did enjoy mm-hmm. Fable the way it was when it came out and which is why I'm still a fan. I just kind of didn't appreciate being let on like that. So I, I 100% understand where he's coming from um, as a gamer. So I get it. I do. Um, but the next thing, the thing is um, he uh the next story is that he act, he apologized for what he said, which I felt like he shouldn't have. Um, but the next thing was he said, uh, hang on, um, uh, following some cutting remarks, which I just read, uh, the developer behind Ori and the Will of the Wisps has apologized for his derisive comments that were aimed at the developers of Cyberpunk 2077 and No Man's Sky. Well, you Thomas fucking Smith. shouldn't have. Exactly. <laughs> Thomas Mahler, director at Ori's Moon Studios, took to Reset Era last week to call out companies who overpromised and then underdelivered on their game's performance and quality, specifically citing Cyberpunk 2077 and No Man's Sky as key offenders. Mahler went on to liken the game developers at CD Projekt Red and Hello Games to snake oil salesmen. Despite a rocky start, no Man's Sky has vastly improved since its infamous launch in 2016. Several patches have been released by developer Hello Games that have improved on the game's visuals, audio, and frame rates. No Man's Sky is a tale of video game redemption. Unfortunately for CDPR, the same cannot yet be said for um, Cyberpunk 2077, which is still suffering from its catastrophic launch in December. First announced in 2012, Cyberpunk 2077 began generating a lot of hype and excitement from the very start. Between the announcement and eventual launch of Cyberpunk 2077, CDPR also released The Witcher 3, which until recently was the most awarded video game in history. With expectations for another groundbreaking video game entry from CDPR extremely high, the sting of Cyberpunk 2077 bug-riddled launch was even more painful for those who had been waiting for eight years to play it. Um, The sting was clearly also felt by Moon Studios creative director Thomas Mahler, who openly voiced his disgruntled feelings on Reset Era. The studio head has now gone on to apologize for this rant using his Twitter handle, 
uh, Thomas Mahler said that he screwed up and shared a formal apology with his followers. Admitting that he had a chip on his shoulder, Mahler goes on to say that his initial intention behind the post was to offer up a discussion starter on current issues the industry is facing. He did not intend to use the overly aggressive tone that came through and made a public apology to those that he offended with the post. Um... Somebody tell Thomas Muller to call me and let me speak for him because fuck that apology <laughs> and everything yeah, needed to be said. Fuck Lindsay that. They motherfuckers needed to hear that they are fucking bullshit. And it's mm-hmm. like, yo, stop telling us. Stop, everything he said is right. Stop mm-hmm. telling us you're going to give us this shit and not deliver. Right. I'm using Cyberpunk as an example. Motherfuckers have been waiting for Cyberpunk for five fucking years and they couldn't even give us a working copy of the game on drop day. I'm not even mad that they didn't give us all the shit they were talking about. I've seen that happen. But you're telling me that on drop day, you couldn't have a game that ain't have no bugs? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, I don't feel like he should have apologized. Um, he did apologize on Twitter. Um, uh, he, uh, according to this, says while the tone used in Mahler's original post on Reset Era was not appropriate, especially coming from a professional in his position, he did still re- raise some valid points that should not be ignored. Developers should be held accountable for their actions and ensuring that a quality game is released to its fans uh, should be the norm, not the exception. The gaming industry has also become notorious for forcing its employees to crunch to get new titles out in a timely fashion, with big names such as Naughty Dog coming under fire in the last 12 months. This is neither fair or professional for those with the means to do better for employees and customers. Um, this apology from Ori's Thomas Mahler is the right thing for him to have done, but the message behind his initial post should not go forgotten. While No Man's Sky has improved, and Cyberpunk 2077 continues to have patches and mods added to enhance players' experiences, they really ought to have been up to standard at their launch. Ooh, let's not talk about those mods. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I actually mm. I haven't touched the game. I haven't touched it, looked at it, I haven't done anything. With uh, Cyberpunk 2077, I'm very patient. I'll wait. However, for the people that have been waiting since literally 2012, um, he was correct. He was absolutely correct about that. I mean, that's. I mean, it's 2021. It's almost been 10 years since they announced that game. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah, I was one of those people. Mm-hmm. Oh damn. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I was excited for the game. I remember the original, uh, the original drop, and I'm like, okay, this looks interesting. And then they dropped Keanu Reeves on me. I was like, super interested. And then like, it it just it happened. And then when it dropped, I actually started asking questions. I was like, what was the drop like for The Witcher? And everybody was saying that The Witcher itself, when it first came out, was actually not that good. The original mm-hmm. drop wasn't that good. It was just the, it was the um. It was the updates in the game of the year edition that ended up making it a very viable game as far as like you know where it is now. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, if that's the case, y'all hyped up CD Projekt Red, but their track record shows that they do this all the time anyway. They drop shitty games just so you can get the money, and then they eventually fix it over the course of time when they could just be like, hey, we're not going to tell you we got something coming down the line, but you're going to like it, and then like just drop it when it's done. Like you don't have to. Nobody crunched no. Like remember when Near came out. Automata yep. or whatever? 
Uh-huh. Nobody was nobody was checking for that. Like people like the weebs knew it was coming, mm-hmm. but it wasn't no crunch. And then like they delivered, and that game is legendary. It's a really good game. Well produced, right. the sound is great, et cetera, et cetera. Here we got CD Project Red Cyberpunk, and the motherfuckers was all like, Yeah, Cyberpunk is coming. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Clap, clap, celebration. And then they give us a pile of shit and they should be ashamed of themselves. And that's all I gotta say about that. Yeah. Um also with the fact that um I will say that I also don't think it was fair, um, even though I mostly play on PC, I don't think it was fair that everything supposedly was okay PC-wise, but like for other consoles, it was like complete crap. I do feel bad about that, because it's like if you're gonna release something, you should, you know, check everything. Don't just have it okay for a group, certain group of people and everyone else is, you know, fucked. Yeah. The whole console debacle was God. In my experience, it wasn't like Fallout 76 release where I was like super defending the game. When they started mm-hmm. shooting on Cyberpunk, I was like, yeah, this is this is kind of a garbage fire right here. But I'm going to try to play it. And I got through 60% of the game and got my refund back. It's like, yeah. I can't do this anymore. But I'll play it on PC once. I get some more RAM. <laughs> Let me know how it goes, cause um, I eventually I'll play it eventually, just not not right now. I'll wait till like <laughs> my birthday, <laughs> then I'll think about it. <laughs> um, next, all right. So um, G four has announced that Adam Sussler and Kevin Pereira are officially returning to G four and will be hosting the revivals of X Play and Attack of the Show, respectively. While G4 recently confirmed that X-Play and Attack of the Show would be returning, this is the first official confirmation of Sessler and Pereira rejoining the network. Um, Sessler has been a huge part of G4's relaunch, beginning with its first teaser from last year. Since then, he has brought back Crazy Adam to launch hashtag G4 Needs Talent and Ebenezer Sess during the holidays. He even did a game review for Cyberpunk 2077. In the new version of X-Play, Sessler will review games while inviting guests from across gaming to talk about the industry at large. Kevin Pereira, or Colonel Duck Buckets, is also making his return to Attack of the Show, in which he was an original cast member. G4 also teased that there is, quote, no word from his former co-host, though, end quote. One of Pereira's co-hosts, Olivia Munn, was reportedly in talks to return to G4 back in August 2020. Alongside Adam Sessler and Kevin Pereira's return, it was also announced that Overly May and Froskerin will be the first two on-air cast members of for G4's official slate of esports programming. Last week, these two made their debut with the Bleep Esports show for the G4 beta campaign. Sessler, Pereira, Overly and Froskerin all join other G4 hosts like WWE's Xavier Woods in this reboot of the network. I gotta continue to fix my content to get on this goddamn channel. I, I just—it's <laughs> still to me, to mm-hmm. me, to me, G4 is still extremely white, and it needs no. more. Like yeah. I, I get they got Austin Creed, good, mm-hmm. cool, but like he's safe. You know what I mean? Like I, I, yeah. I know he's got a lot of respect. Mm-hmm. But and I know he does do I big respect to Austin Creed. I got mad love for Xavier Woods because I'm a big wrestling fan. I love what he's done for wrestling as far as black wrestlers go. And he is good at the outspoken part. But at the same time, he's still a safe choice as a as like a as a, as a fucking host. Mm-hmm. 
good choice, great choice, and it makes sense for the gaming community, but like it's just it's still very a very 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 white channel. I mean like I'm not no disrespect to Austin Creed and everybody's gonna go, Oh Frank, you fucking hate Austin Creed. No, man. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, it's hard to say this without sounding like an asshole, but like mm-hmm. Austin Creed is the safe choice of a of a woke black person. Like I love Austin Creed to death. He's very, very outspoken about Black Lives Matter and things of that nature, and that is good. It's mm-hmm. just look at his content. He's just a regular safe gamer. I get that he's going to work for TV. Also, I mean, is it really a hard sell to get a guy who works for WWE who is owned by the Peacock Company to work for G4 who is also working for the Peacock Company? I mean, come mm-hmm. on. Let's really talk about this. I'm just saying. No, that's... that's Props that's, to him. I just got to get my shit together to get, you know, onto the channel. Because, you know, if I go, I'm bringing boots. Oh, thank you. Scroll gets... <laughs> fucking televised (laughs) um yeah no i totally agree um i was just personally excited because um i grew up watching x play and attack of the show um Mm -hmm. more x play than um the other show but i did watch both um i'm honestly really excited i i follow adam sessler on twitter and um i i appreciate his his reviews he gives very good reviews of video games. Um, he doesn't seem particularly biased towards any genre or anything like that. So I always appreciated his, um, like his candor. So um, I'm actually really excited that he's he's coming back. I um, love that. Yeah, um, Attack of the Show. However, um, I'm excited about that too. They just cover a little bit more than just like video games. They're they kind of cover like pop culture things. So um, I I'll still watch out for that too, but um, I'm I'm so excited for. Um, Do you remember original G4 TV back when it was like G4 and Tech TV on yeah, satellite? Yeah, I do. So that was the G4 that I loved. Like they had, I remember I used to I used to rush home from school because mm-hmm. they had like a a show that came on West Coast time, which was the original Attack of the Show. It was right. two hosts. It was three hosts and like. One was the news person who had, like, the news stuff coming in, and it was, like, the two personality hosts, and they were sitting at, like, a podcast desk, and that's what they were doing. They were just doing a podcast, but they filmed it, and I thought okay. that was dope. And then G4 evolved into G4, and then they got Attack of the Show. And Attack of the Show, while, like, in its early, like, first season, was a good tech gaming non-sequitur show, like, in that field, right. it eventually evolved into this pop culture, oh, hey, People think Olivia Munn is really hot, so we'll just have her do stupid <laughs> hot shit. And it's just like I guess, you lost yeah. you lost what the show was about. And it's not like it they can bring back attack of the show and if they mm-hmm. do it right and they let you know let Munn and whoever the co-host is, they don't focus on being, oh, Maxim likes our co-host. We're gonna fucking put her no, focus on what your shit is and leave mm-hmm. it alone. That's what I miss about G4. Like before they essentially sold out to their fucking people and they just showed cops all day. Oh, I was cool with the channel. But, you know, we'll see what happens. So, like, there's way too much, there's way too much stuff going on in gaming for you to be like, ah, we're just gonna show cops for 12 hours. Run a fucking <laughs> gaming tournament. Put up a, put up a Twitch, like, a, do, do a fucking, uh, do a partnership with Twitch now. Mm-hmm. And like, yo, we don't have any program, yo, just run somebody off of Twitch. Just a random fucking draw. Not, mm-hmm. don't fuck around and grab the top fucking Twitch people. No, you run a random 
numbered draw of like, yo, we're TV for gamers. If you stream and you're an affiliate, we will mm-hmm. pluck your stream out of random. It there's no favoritism. Mm-hmm. If you, it doesn't fucking matter. You got mm-hmm. 50 followers and you're streaming. You might get lucky enough to be on G4, and we're mm-hmm. coming through with a raid. And you know what? That would be the dopest thing they ever did. It would. So you know, but they won't do that because if I was <laughs> a schlub. Shine. Well, I mean, I feel like well, if they don't do that, then they should at least um prop up some of the groups out there like black girl gamers like i think that yes. at least we should talk about them and what they've been doing um even though it's based in the uk um you know there's still members that live out here in, in the u.s too so um i think that would be a good thing to mention um mm-hmm. along with a lot of a lot of the other news that comes out so that's how i used to get my gaming news before they just left <laughs> so like i said it was a good channel like the concept was great it's just yeah you know, they could be better. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't come out hating Nintendo like y'all used to do. Just deal oh. with it. Oh, really? Yes. I don't remember that. G4, G4 had two bad things, really bad things. One is Brad's extent explanation of Nintendo hate, which I, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. But, and this is what made me start watching X-Play. They reviewed both the PS2 and the GameCube copy of Freedom Fighters. They gave the GameCube version a 4. They gave the PS2 version an eight. It was it's the same. It's game. the same identical game. So they didn't mention like how it like played or like what any difference in the nope. Like how the video the they showed like was that? the same. The gameplay was the wow. same. They just hated the Nintendo. I could not understand it. And as a person who had a GameCube, I was just like, why do y'all hate me so much? <laughs> I remember they were a big they were really big on um on like promoting Xbox stuff over like Sony. And I thought that was really weird. Yeah, like it was subtle, but like I noticed like a lot of the stuff they would do was always like Xbox based. I'm like, I don't know if you guys are actually biased or you guys are just like in cahoots with the soft and I'm okay with that either way, but just don't lie to me and tell me one or the other. And I mean that's all I want. I, it was uh, man. I hope they are 100% neutral though when they come back because there's no yeah. reason to be leaning one way or the other now. No point. Yeah, not especially these days. You can do whatever you want. I mean, you know, you can. There's so many ways people interact with each other without having to stick with television. Like you don't even a lot of those AAA games that come out now. Um, you know, you don't even need to be like into it like that. Not like in the old days. Um. But yeah, I hope they come back. Um, and I hope, I really, really hope <laughs> that they stick to and sort of unbiased uh, thing. I hope they make a section for indie games because that's what I've been mostly playing. All right. Um, next. So, okay. Blizzard fans hoping to hear about Overwatch 2 or Diablo 4 release dates at Blizzard's upcoming BlizzCon line 2021 will want to temper their expectations. Publisher Activision Blizzard said in an earnings call on Thursday that neither game is expected to be released in 2021. No release window was given. Activision Blizzard reported in a news release that the company did make significant progress on its in-development titles for other key intellectual properties, which the company expects to fuel further growth in 2022 and beyond. Executives on the call said Activision Blizzard had another remastered title in the works, seemingly in the vein of the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. 
a remaster of Blizzard's Diablo 2 is reportedly in development, which could tide Diablo fans over until 4 is released. Blizzard also has a mobile spin-off game in development, Diablo Immortal. Both Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4 major uh, follow-ups in two important Blizzard franchises were announced at the company's annual fan event, BlizzCon, in 2019. At that time, Blizzard gave scant details for these franchises, but noted that Overwatch 2 would introduce remodeled heroes and new faces alike, debuting a dramatic cinematic with a reassembled Overwatch crew. The game is expected to launch on Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, Windows PC, and Xbox One, Blizzard said at the time. Diablo 4 has reportedly been in development for a while, with the project having changed directions multiple times. During BlizzCon 2019, game director Louis Bariga said Diablo 4 will take the series back to its roots. Overwatch was released in May 2016. The hero shooter was unveiled at BlizzCon in 2014. Blizzard held a beta period for Overwatch beginning in October 2015. Diablo 3 was originally released on Windows PC in 2012. It came to consoles later. <clears throat> so yeah, for all you Blizzard Active, Activision people out there, that's what's basically going I'll on. To be honest with you, I forgot that Overwatch was getting another game. I don't understand why it's not a live service. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me either. Oh, instead of it being like just a regular yeah. Like client, yeah, client. like there's there's no reason why you need to give me another game with the same characters plus like what four more. Like fighting games made sense years ago when there weren't live updates, but like Tekken Seven has been adding characters since its inception like five years ago, just as DLC packs the entire time. Why can't Overwatch do that? Just drop a new map pack, drop a new Overwatch pack, mm-hmm. and then be like, hey, for $25, you can unlock all of Overwatch 2's new shit, and you get a battle pass and all the other bullshit that comes with it. Because, I mean, like, what, like, what's the point of having... Because then they say that you can play Overwatch 2 with Overwatch 1's disc, like you can play against people with Overwatch 2. Okay. I thought... I don't know. Maybe I heard that wrong. But, like, I, in my opinion, yeah, Brad's right. It should be a live fucking service. Like, there's no... No reason to make it a sequel. That's stupid. Yeah, that is dumb, actually. Yeah. Um, Anybody who buys it is a moron, quite honestly. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I guess it depends on who. I mean, maybe the one of the characters they picked are, are really good. I don't know. I don't play Overwatch. I just, I've seen other people play it. Um, It looks cool. Um, Overwatch like, is toxic as fuck. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, My whole beef with the game was, um, well, if anybody that knows me, um and how I play video games. I I besides like the Sims, I I need like a game that has a storyline in it. I cannot play yeah. a game if there's no story. So because Overwatch is just like a straight MMO, I I just I couldn't do it. I don't I mean, even be able to play to give you a story. <laughs> I mean they have like them little clips, those little video clips about the relationships between um, certain characters and stuff. Oh, fuck about them? I'm not. No, I'm playing a video game, not watching a YouTube series. Give me my shit in the game. What the fuck are you doing? Listen, I just, I just, I need the the story. Okay. Also, that's the reason why I didn't play the recent Call of Duty was because of the same reason. Because they just decided to get rid of the campaign and There's put it in the goddamn battle royale. No, I'm not talking about Warzone. I'm talking about the one Come before on, that. Black Ops Four. Um. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Oh. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, they can kick rocks for that. But anyway, yeah, so that's the reason why I didn't really get into Wait, you mean Overwatch. new Black Ops? The newest Black Ops no, doesn't have the, a campaign? Uh, that was the previous one. 
Yeah. The one before the release yeah. of Modern Warfare. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So, um, well, speaking of Call of Duty, uh, Activision has banned sixty thousand Call of Duty Warzone accounts this week for what Good it for says. <laughs> for what it says, were confirmed cases of players using cheat software. In an update posted on Tuesday, the company outlined its efforts to combat cheating in the popular free-to-play shooter, which it claims has attracted over 85 million players since its release in March 2020. Activision has, says it has now issued more than 300,000 permabans worldwide since the game launched. In that time, it says it has delivered weekly back-end security updates, improved in-game reporting mechanisms, added two-factor authentication, which has invalidated over 180,000 suspect accounts, and got rid of numerous unauthorized third-party software providers. Going forward, Activision plans to improve its internal anti-cheat software, invest greater resources in detection technology, as well as monitoring and enforcement capabilities, and offer more regular community updates, including more two-way dialogue. Uh, Quote, we know cheaters are constantly looking for vulnerabilities, and we continue to dedicate resources 24-7 to identify and combat cheats, including aimbots, wall hacks, trainers, stat hacks, texture hacks, leaderboard hacks, injectors, hex editors, and any third-party software that is used to manipulate game data and memory, Activision said. Um, Our ongoing security and enforcement efforts are franchise-wide across Warzone, Modern Warfare, and Black Ops. Uh, Activision is due to report its fourth quarter financial results. um, Well, actually, they reported already last week when it... um, will also launch a major content update for Black Ops Cold War. The update would include new zombie, uh, new zombies map Firebase Z, multi- multiplayer map Express, additional prop hunt maps, and a 40-player endurance mode. The company is also reportedly planning to release a new Cold War-themed Warzone map to coincide with the game's first anniversary in March 2021. Yeah, they need to do what Ubisoft and BattleEye does, because I'm still banned from Siege. Why? What? Controller and <laughs> my movements look so fast that they thought I was aimbotting. Holy shit! Wait, you were using a what? Controller? An elite controller, and they thought I was aimbotting. So. Um, you got yes. banned from Rainbow Six, the the one you yes, always played. Holy shit! Damn, that's fucked up. But yeah, I think I, you're right though. Call of Duty needs to. I'm glad they're doing that. Fuck the cheaters, bro. It sucks for Brad because that's not cheating, right? <laughs> but I at least appreciate that they're cracking down on that shit, man. Because, like, what what are you getting if you cheat to win? Like, you don't get monetary gain from winning over from winning Warzone matches, and then you like, really don't you just so get like you some get, small form of satisfaction? So even if you get like, so even if you happen to be good enough to get sponsored by like Mountain Dew, right? Mm-hmm. At what point does it all just come crashing down because you're fucking faking it? Like, <laughs> well, yeah, because you got to no. play live at some point. So. Yeah, like you, you're not that good in real life. So, like, what are you really doing? Like, what yeah. do you mean? Also, the video of the one dude uh, who basically exposed himself live on stream mm-hmm. lives rent free in my head all the time, <laughs> and I love it because I, I, if you cheat at the, I, I don't care if you're good and you beat me. That's fine. Do what you got to do, man. Good, more power to you. But if you're cheating and you win. I just don't respect you because it's literally a video game, dog. Like it's not, right. it's not Grand Theft Auto where you put in the infinite guns cheat. Like, come on, man. You're, it's, <laughs> it's, I just find it so corny. I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'm old school. 
No, I mean, I think that's fair. I mean, I don't see the purpose. I mean, unless you're playing like a single player game and you're playing by yourself and you just want to make some adjustments or mods or whatever, then fine. But you're like messing up everybody else's game by man, doing don't that. Cheat. Don't cheat, my man. Don't cheat me, bro. Just play the game. <laughs> if you suck, you suck. Play a different game. Like, <laughs> it's not hard. You don't have to. You're not obligated to play Call of Duty, dude. Just stop playing. Yeah. It's okay. Nobody's going to hate you for being shitty at Call of Duty. Or practice. Um. Okay, next. Uh, much beloved, heart-wrenching, and undeniably cute life sim slash Sharon simulator, Spiritfarer, has three big free updates coming this year. Each update will bring in new characters with their own stories, new quality of life improvements, new buildings to make, and new recipes and resources. The spring update is called Lily, and it introduces a new spirit, Stella's younger sister Lily, in the form of a swarm of glowing butterflies. It will also include upgrades upgrades to the quality of the co-op system. The summer update is called Beverly and includes a new spirit that Stella knew in life who wants to walk down memory lane. It will also include a special room with an overhead projector and the collectibles called acetate acetate sheets, which is a sentence that probably confuses most people under the age of 20. Under the age of 20. The final update is called Jackie and Daria, introducing an entirely new island with a rundown hospital. It has a caretaker and patient, a flowery hyena and bat, who have their own problems to be solved. That update, too, will include new boat buildings and resources, but the developers have not revealed those at this time. Uh, Spiritfarer is a good game, one that has a heady mix of sadness and joy in a single package. It is not often there is a game about death in the afterlife that's also one you can list the best huggers in. We gave it an 85. Um, oh, yeah. So they gave it an 85 in their review, and they personally felt it was one of the strongest games of 2020. Rachel Watts said that Thunder Lotus have managed to create create a cozy boat sim that deals with the topics of death and compassion with a masterful balance in her Spiritfarer review. Um, you can read all about Spiritfarer's 2021 update plans on the Thunder Lotus Games website. Um, as an aside, I am continually amazed that even seemingly finished release games have roadmaps now. So yeah, um, if uh, you guys aren't familiar with Spiritfarer, um, the game is basically like, how do I explain this? So the plot is that you're, well, first of all, let me just say that the main character is a black girl. Um, oh. And she is sort of like I don't know where she came from or anything like that, but she's basically taking this place, taking the place of, um, if you, if you're familiar with Greek mythology, um, Sharon was the um the person who guided souls to the underworld, so she's taking his place. He's like going into retirement or something like that. Um, she's taking his place, and basically you're going around in the spirit world, and you're gathering resources and um helping the souls, you know finally pass on so yeah it's kind of sad but it's also really cute and really nice um i tell anyone to play it um especially if you're dealing with um a recent passing i think it's a good way to sort of um help you get through it because they talk about um you know um sort of how to grieve and also um it's a really fun game it's a platformer it's a sort of a simulation because you got to gather resources um what else uh yeah, I mean, it's just a really cool game. I played um, a lot of it. I remember I played it from at least, like, two weeks straight. I'm nowhere near done with the game. 
Um, yeah. but I did I do have a lot of the um spirits on my boat right now. I have like I wanna say five of them. One passed on already. Um, and the second one I believe is about to pass on. But yeah, it's a really nice game for those of you who uh are interested. Um okay. So that was it for this week's news. Um and we'll be right back with um, any game announcements and also um, the video game anniversaries. We'll be right back. And we're back. Um, so, to start off with, um, there's only one announcement this week. Um, for you Xbox people, hang on, let me see where I put it. Okay, um, Xbox Game Pass and Xbox Game Pass Ultimate have not one, not two, not three, but four new games, including some new games from some big AAA franchises. After last week's new games being met with backlash, Microsoft has stepped it up with this week's new additions. Across the four new games, uh, excuse me, subscribers on Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and Xbox Series S have three new titles to enjoy. Meanwhile, one of these games has been added to the PC library. And lastly, there's one new game exclusive to the cloud version of the subscription service. The first new game, the one being added to only the cloud version, is Wolfenstein Youngblood a Wolfenstein spinoff that hit back in 2019 to a middling reception. That said, if you're a big Wolfenstein fan or just looking for a single-player first-person shooter, it's worth taking for a spin. The only new PC game is Final Fantasy XII The Zodiac Age, a remaster of Final Fantasy XII, one of the PS2's great RPGs. This game is also available on console alongside Jurassic World Evolution and Stealth Inc. 2, a game of clones. The latter is a 2D puzzle platformer that hit back in 2014 to a decent reception, while the former, Jurassic World Evolution, is a strategy simulation that hit back in 2018 to a middling reception. Yep. So, that's the only announcement I have this week. Um, I still haven't played Wolfenstein yet. I will. Um, I'm just not over the first two games. They were just so good. <laughs> I didn't play I've never played, played a Wolfenstein game. Oh second my god, you should. So good. Oh my god. You should. So you the, should. Absolutely. Frank, so you is should. The one on, Go ahead. Is the one on PS4 the remake of the first one, or is that like the sequel? Which one is that? Because I get them. I get the PS4 collection or whatever it is. Just beat those if they're that if they're worth it. I'll even run them on stream because they're fun. Oh. I actually don't know. And do you know the title? Because I know which one is which based on the I'm title. Look it up. Hold on a second. Let me borrow the Google real quick. <laughs> Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein: The New Order, Young Blood, New Colossus, Old Blood, Cyber Pilot. Apparently, I think it's- New Order is the original game, and then everything else is like a DLC. No, 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 the new order is the one that came out in 2014? Yeah. 2014, 20, either 2014 or 2015. And then um, New Colossus came out in 2017. Yeah. New Colossus is the sequel. Yes. Yeah, that's why. That's the one you played, Brad. Okay. So I should get the new order, then the new Colossus? Yes, because the new order, the yeah, because new Colossus takes place literally right after new order. So I think you should play new order first. Um, just so you know what's going on. Apparently, the Stop old way. blood is 
is a part of that too. Um, let me double check that because I don't. Think I looked. I I'm, I'm in the PS. Well, the PS Store has the New Order and the Old Blood for sale together as a two pack. Oh. So that's why I'm like, huh. So I think the New Order. Let me see what that is because it's not giving me a what are you thing. Yeah, because the New Order is the first one that I played, and that's what made me a fan of the series. That's the first one Wolfenstein game I ever played. That was that one, and then the um, what you call it? The New Colossus takes place like directly after that. Okay. I'm looking for it now. Um... Oh, okay. So the Old Blood is a standalone expansion. Okay, so it's like it's the new it's Wolfenstein 1.5. Essentially, yeah. Okay. I never played the old blood. I played um the new order and then I played um the new colossus. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder what the, where the new old blood takes place because if you once you finish the new order, like where you see it end, that's literally where it starts in the new colossus. So I was, I'm curious where what um the old Just blood prior to place. the prologue of the new order. Oh, so it's a prequel. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I I definitely think you should stream this game. It's just, it, I'm just a huge fan of the game. It was just so much fun. It's the Doom people, right? Um, is it? Yes, it is. I, yeah, so. it is. I think so. It's made by. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, bet. Yeah, I'm probably gonna grab this this week. This is pay week awesome. too. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Jeff, you've officially heard the new streaming toy for the Frank Gross Streaming Network. <laughs> yes, if you, as soon as you play a new order, I will definitely t- tune in. I don't give a fuck how late you stream. <laughs> I'm watching this. <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep those early. Okay. I got a new schedule at work. It's been messing with my stream schedule. Oh, okay. I'm trying to find. Yeah. I've been doing later stream. I've been trying to find a good streaming time because mm-hmm. I could do it in the morning before work, but I don't want to. That's my that's my time. <laughs> yeah, so I might just do it after work at like nine thirty. Okay. So. All right. Um. So that was the only announcement I had. Now we're on to our video game anniversaries. Um. Okay. So. Um. Yesterday was the three year anniversary of a game called Owl Boy for the Nintendo Switch. It was released in twenty eighteen, February thirteenth, twenty eighteen. Cover looks cute. Anyway, <laughs> um, next, uh, it is also the three-year anniversary for a game called Radiant Historia: Perfect Chronology uh, Chronology for th- the 3DS. Um, it was also released February thirteenth, twenty eighteen. Next, uh, the, this game is called Gun Survivor Four: Bio Excuse me, Biohazard: Heroes Never Die. This was uh, released on the PS2 18 years ago in 2003. Oh, you mean Resident Evil? <laughs> that's what it looks like. <laughs> no, that's what it is. It's called... Oh, really? Uh-huh. So this that, is, is, um, that's just a Japanese title? So Resident Evil Dead Aim is Gun Survivor Biohazard. Biohazard is the Japanese version of... Is the Japanese name of Resident Evil. Oh. So if you see a Biohazard title, it's usually tied to Resident Evil. Okay. Um, and I because go- I'm googling these whenever you mention them, I google them to see what they look like. Yeah. And I have I looked it up, <laughs> and you were like Gun Survivor Four. I'm like, <laughs> this is Resident Evil. Oh, oh, okay. So yeah, it's, it's the game you're talking about. Oh, While okay. it is Gun Survivor Four, it's also called Resident Evil Dead Aim. Got it. 
Okay, mm-hmm. there you go. Um, next, it's also uh, it is the six year anniversary of Monster Hunter Four Ultimate for the 3DS. I did not play that one. I played World though. 2015. Uh, next is um, it is the three year anniversary for Dynasty Warriors Nine. Uh, it came out on the PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Is this just regular nine or the M? Okay, yeah, okay. Dynasty Warriors nine. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> this series has been going on for so long. Listen, I can't even. I don't want to. I don't want to do this because there's people I know that love that game, and I don't want to start a Dynasty Warriors slander. Just like I love this series. I'm not slander. I'm just saying this has been going on for so long. Me the original Dynasty Warriors was like PS fucking one. Me personally, I don't like that game. So I'm gonna just keep Why? it like that. I'm gonna keep it that way because as I feel that way about that and Monster Hunter World, and I'm gonna just keep it like that. And I don't want to do this. You don't like the, the you don't like to beat up the putties. Yeah, like it's the most it's the most unnecessary violent game that has nothing but nothing but action in it the entire time. Like I know there's a story. Mm-hmm. I don't give a it's shit really about the story. Yeah, and like, you get it's... these Musu games are some of the best hack and slash games ever created. The Dynasty Warriors is very repetitive because it's literally the same people fighting the same goons over and over again. They just mm-hmm. add more. If you're a fan of beating up bad guys, I really recommend the Gundam versions of the Dynasty Warriors series. It's the same concept as Dynasty Warriors, but you get Gundams, so you're beating up other armies, so it feels less like Feudal Japan and more like you're just in an anime. It's it's way more fun. What is the, what is the name of that game? Uh, Dynasty Warriors Gundam. You're joking. Why? <laughs> Let me make sure. No, that's that's okay to even have the title. Yeah, that's the name of it. Dynasty Warriors Gundam. And then the Gundam 2 and then 3 and then Reborn. Yeah. yeah. Is it made by the same people? Yeah. It's like, oh, this okay. I'm thinking you were talking about like a completely different <laughs> game. I'm like, who the hell just uh, copied? <laughs> no, no, this is Koei. I'm pretty sure the same people who made this made the, the Legend oh. of Zelda game too. So Okay. That makes more sense. I'm like, wait. I know they did not <laughs> just copy off of somebody else. Okay. No, 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 no. They, this, it's their game. They made it. It's just funny because like their title is like Dynasty Warriors Gundam, and it's like, what do you mean? How do you play this game? It's Dynasty Warriors Gundam. That's all you need to know. And it's if you're not a fan of the Dynasty Warriors series because of I don't know, maybe because of your story mode love, that's mm-hmm. fine. But if you're a fan of anime and you just need a quick beat 'em up catharsis game, that's mm-hmm. why Dynasty Warriors is so good because you get to do all these like OPS attacks. And this stupid, powerful shit, and but it's just like there's no, there's no like stress. Like the most stress you get is like, oh shit, I gotta fight Lubu on hard mode. But you don't ever have to go to hard mode if you don't want to. So like, you know, <clears throat> you don't have to go to hard mode in any game if you don't want to. In my right, mind. right. Legend of Zelda Dynasty. Um, okay, so, um, wait. Oh, I got a couple more. So, um. Next game are yeah, Ratchet. just just for an aside. I'm sorry. It's okay. So Legend of Zelda Hyrule Warriors, okay. made by the same people who did the Dynasty Warriors thing. So like their game is literally everywhere. It's it's officially canon in the Dynasty Warriors series that Di- oh, no. Leg- 
Hyrule Warriors is a part of the Dynasty Warriors series. Anyway, wow. that's all I wanted to add. So go ahead. No, that's interesting. Okay, well, I'll, I'll I'll check that out. I will check that out after this. Um, next game is Ratchet and Clank: Size Matters for the mm. PSP that came out 14 years ago in 2007. Uh, next game, uh, Rhythm Heaven Fever for the Wii came out nine years ago in 2012. This looks like, um, like a mini game version of, um, Crypt of the Necro, Necro Dancer. Mm-hmm. It's like 50 mini games that you have to keep the beat with. That's what it looks like, at least as far as the cover. Oh, and oh my god, it is the six-year anniversary of The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask 3D for the 3DS. It came out in 2015. There's one Zelda game I've played my entire gaming career. Mm-hmm. I have not beaten it, but it is Link's Awakening for the original Game Boy. I think I played that. No, I didn't. It was Tree of Tree of Ages? Tree of... I, don't, I'm, I don't remember. Let me see. I have a Game Boy Color and never beat. Yep. We beat the Four Swords. We did beat that one. Okay. Oh, I had what you call it? What was the first one for the um the DS? I had um. Oh my God. Uh, Phantom Hourglass. Okay. That I had, and um. I enjoyed that a lot. Nope. Didn't beat or play. I played one Zelda game, never beat it. I guess I'm just not a fan. <laughs> okay. Nintendo guy, the Nintendo fanboys always are like, oh my god, Zelda's the greatest thing ever. I'm like, eh. <laughs> Sorry. I have a friend who loves Nintendo a lot. Um, he plays a lot. I mean, that and Destiny. Destiny and anything Nintendo was literally my friend. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, um, that's it for this week. Um, that's all the news, the announcements, all the video game anniversaries. Um, do you guys have anything? Uh, follow all of us on Twitch. Yes, please. Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Please follow us on Twitch, Twitter, um, all of that. Uh, my link, well, Brad's Burgers across everything, literally everything. Uh, Frank, what are, what are your links, Frank? I don't know. Uh, Twitter. Okay, the only one that's different, I'm probably going to change this back, is Twitter is the Frank Grouch. Everywhere else, Frank Grouch. Literally straight across uh, Instagram, Twitch, Facebook, Frank Grouch. Awesome. Just search um, Frank Grouch. <laughs> um, same here. Um, my Twitter is I like boots. Um, this uh sorry my um actually yeah it's just really just my twitter most mostly because i'm on there all the time but yeah twitter is i like boots um the name of this podcast again is the scroll um there's also voice messages so if you guys have any questions and you want them played um live i can do that um that's basically it Okay, thanks everybody for listening. I will see you guys in either next week, two weeks, who knows? I'll try to keep up. Have a good bye. Goodbye, everybody.